Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and patriots of all ages, welcome to another fun-filled edition of In Black and Right, the new definition of color commentary, and here we are again on another WTF Friday. Oh yeah, folks, absolutely, it has been another crazy week. And the hits just keep on coming because, of course, the big story today was the release of the redacted version of the affidavit, which led to the search warrant that led to the illegal and constitutional raid of Donald Trump's uh, Florida mansion, Mar-a-Lago. And, and we'll get more into that, of course. But before we get into it, just wanted to let you know, if you do have questions, comments, anything you want to throw at me, you can email us at inblackandright at gmail.com, or you can check out our updated website today, uh, inblackandright.net. Right on our homepage, we have a link to where you can download the entire revised and redacted search warrant affidavit but we also have a little tribute of our own because today is the first anniversary of the deaths of 13 American heroes in Kabul and apparently even Joe Biden didn't forget or at least one of his staff reminded him because he was such a jerk when he received the bodies at Dover Air Base, he ticked off so many. I think he ticked off all of the families. Some of them weren't as vocal as others, but Joe Biden looking at his watch, I mean, I've got the picture. I will put it on the website. I'll add it in there. Uh, it's just ridiculous how he treated the families of the uh of those great American heroes who sacrificed and died because their commander-in-chief was a dipstick. And no, I'm not going to forget Afghanistan. I'm not going to forget the absolute hideous withdrawal. I mean, it was a de debacle. It was a fiasco. I mean, pick your word, folks. So yes, I, in black and white, and myself personally, are, are not going to forget these people. So we're going to leave a tribute to them and we will remember them and we will honor them for their sacrifice and the waste of their wonderful precious lives because of their commander-in-chief was an absolute dementia-ridden idiot and he was warned well ahead of time of the consequences of what could happen if the Afghan government fell well we now know what happened and in spite of the fact that 13 great American heroes were killed, many more of our American heroes were injured, and Afghan civilians, well over 100 of them, were killed as well from the same bomb blast. So, no, we're not going to, I'm not going to forget them, and Black and White is not going to forget them. Not the, those who died, not the wounded warriors, 
and the Afghan civilians who were trying really just to either get themselves out or at least get their children out. So yeah, that's just, ugh, that's going to be a mess. But let's get on with today's fun. Now, the Justice Department has released the redacted version of its search warrant affidavit after a federal judge who really shouldn't have been involved with the case in the first place, and that's Bruce Reinhardt down in South Florida, and the fact that it happened in my home, in my new home state, that just, <laughs> ooh, mercy, that just was a mess. But anyway, so yeah, so now a redacted version is now available. We have it available on inblackandright.net on our homepage. We have a link right to it. You can download it in its entirety. Now, the really wacky part um, of a lot of this, now, many different uh, organizations, uh, well, actually, the biggest one involved in dealing with this has been Judicial Watch. And boy, they have been a busy group of people. And I'll get into that a little later. But now that it's out and people are reading it, many legal experts, the mainstream media, and also the conservative, more conservative media is reading it. And oh my goodness, it's almost like watching night and day because the mainstream corporate media are coming up with their own spin. The conservative media is a heck of a lot more honest and there's actual questions that are being asked that are relevant questions that the conservative media is asking and the mainstream media isn't. I will give you a great example of this. We now have a, another blockbuster report from John Solomon and Just the News. I don't know how that man sleeps or if he sleeps because he is cranking out stuff daily. Five-star stuff. Now, yesterday, uh, I'm sorry, today, no, it was yesterday, sorry, yesterday. <laughs> yesterday, he came out with another great article that asked very serious questions. Five big unanswered legal questions in the Trump raid case. Now, this is interesting. Uh, underneath that headline, imminent release of redacted search warrant affidavit may shed some light on the FBI's motives, but won't answer all the questions, which is true. I didn't exactly have the greatest amount of optimism that will get to any kind of the real reason why uh, they ran for this. But I love uh, John Solomon's article because he's asking some serious questions. And unfortunately, it's going to be still unanswered because the DOJ and the FBI won't come clean because of their legal gobbledygook and legalese language protecting the witnesses and whatever, and of course the Trump derangement syndrome sufferers just can't help but getting into this because they like the fact that the DOJ and the FBI are willing to do whatever they can to try and stop Trump from 2024. That's not going to happen, folks. So if you're a Trump derangement syndrome sufferer, well, it's not going to be fun for you for the next few months. But anyway, 
reading John Solomon's article and his speculation of what the FBI was trying to do, he, he starts asking these following five questions, and I'll put a link to the article uh, on inblackandright.net. So the first question he has, did the 45th president declassify the documents found in his home? Now, that's a, that's a very good question, and it's a fair question. Uh, in his article, Solomon writes, Tom's office issued a statement saying the records found in Mar-a-Lago were originally taken by the president from the Oval Office to his White House residence under a standing declassification order. Now, if the former president can show that and presidents have wide latitude to declassify at will without going through the normal process, it could challenge any criminal prosecution under the Espionage Act. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. And that's a good question. Uh, num question two. Did Joe, did President, oh, well, I'm sorry, I'm not going to call him that. Did Joe Biden have the constitutional authority to waive executive privilege over Trump's documents sent to Congress or the Justice Department? Again, that's going to be a can of worms if you open it. And Solomon writes under this question. Over the last two decades, executive orders governing executive privilege waivers have fluctuated on, on this issue. Under George W. Bush, the final decision on executive privilege covering a former president's papers was tipped towards the ex-executive and not the incumbent president. So... Now, apparently, they want to say that, and I've mentioned this before, if somehow they're going to let a current administration, a current president, waive the executive privilege of a previous president, this is going to be a can of worms because it's going to open a Pandora's box of potential problems because executive privilege as we know it currently is going to go out the window because if a future president can say oh i don't know maybe a president trump in 2024 gets reelected, he comes in january of 2025 and he says well i'm going to waive the executive privilege of barack obama that's like for the fast and furious documents which eric holder and his justice department were really shady about but did any uh, and even though eric holder was found in contempt of congress for that i mean they didn't go after barack obama's home they didn't raid they didn't use the fbi to do that good grief but yeah it this is going to set a very dangerous and bad precedent if this is allowed to stand so let's go to let's see, question number three. Were some of the records seized by the FBI previously deemed personal records by Trump? And once again, Solomon brilliantly writes, reports indicate that the National Archives were looking for records like letters between Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un to be returned as presidential records. But a 2012 federal court ruling involving a dispute with Bill Clinton cleared 
declared, I should say, that presidents have the sole discretion, quote-unquote, to decide which of their presidential records are personal and that such decisions can't be even challenged by a federal court. Well now, this is going to put a lot of things into perspective. But when we start to find out what the real motives were, I mean, come on. Let's see what President Trump did declare and didn't declare. Now, interestingly enough, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton, who was a party to the 2012 case, believes the ruling a decade ago is so sweeping as to negate most of the FBI's investigation. Hmm. And Fitton said, and I quote, the government, the lawyers for the archives, oh, I'm sorry, it was the lawyers for the archives who said the following. You know what? If documents are in the former president's hand where they're presumptively personal, we just, you know, we presume they're personal. Oh, Tom Fitton said. Hmm. I'm sorry about that. That was a little confusing. But Tom Fitton is right. Now, this is a decade-old case. So if President Trump has letters, has documents, in his, and he can declare them as personal, but yet here comes the FBI with its search warrant and its affidavit. Now, if they're going to try to use this as some sort of pretense for trying President Trump under the Espionage Act, they're going to have a problem because we already have legal precedent that pretty much blows a lot of holes in the FBI's case. Uh, question number four from the Solomon article. Was the approved search warrant overly broad and did it result in illegal overcollection of evidence? Now this is interesting considering they took President Trump's passport. Three, well, his three passports. Two of them were expired, but one was perfectly fine. And yet, also, the DOJ, with their media allies and their incestuous relationship, tried to put it out there last week that, oh no, we, he didn't take, we didn't take President Trump's passports. And Nora O'Donnell of CBS News, who I quoted last week, she, as she said on her broadcast that night that, passing along this fake news and yet hours later a member of the DOJ a high-ranking official said that yeah we did take his passports so I mean if they've taken his passports which is probably not in the search the search warrant under the David it's like what else did they take that they weren't supposed to apparently there have been reports that some of the things that the FBI grabbed come under attorney-client privilege. That's illegal as all get out. And if it's also covered under the umbrella of executive privilege, the FBI and the GOJ have severely screwed themselves. Ugh, it's just kind of nutty. But the fifth and last question that Solomon writes, is the FBI investigation properly predicated to laws that have a criminal enforcement component. Hmm, that's going to be interesting because 
why would they take what they took? I mean, we don't even know the exact details of the inventory of what they took. That's why Trump and his legal team have been asking for a special master to go through all the documents and have a much, much more detailed inventory. But apparently the judge in the case, when Trump's legal team filed the motion, are asking for more specific details and reasoning behind their argument. But that aside, we've got Solomon asked great questions, but until we know what exactly they were looking for, uh, we're not going to really know what the uh, FBI's uh, probable cause was because the affidavit's not going to be completely redacted. So this is going to be crazy. And this saga is nowhere close to finish. It's going to be going on probably right through the midterms, but we'll keep an eye out. We will definitely keep an eye out on that. And interestingly enough, <laughs> oh, this is pretty much wild. I, I love this one. Again, from the team at Just the News, we've got a great headline. This is part of what the Biden administration, big tech, the corporate media is trying to do. Prodded by the feds, says the headline, media to police, COVID dissent, and big tech finds consistent standards elusive. So now interesting, with all the crud that on social media from those who don't like the government narrative about what happened throughout COVID, we have the CDC who admitted to some serious screw-ups during their response to COVID, and Walensky, the uh, director, has apparently been put through the ringer a little bit, and now they're talking about a, re a reset. And anytime you hear the word reset, perk up your ears, and it's like, what do they mean by a reset? And that's a very legitimate question to ask. I mean, I'm thinking they are trying to now, when they're talking reset, they're talking about a new CDC on steroids. I mean, take away any, take away any say that the states might have in response to public health emergencies. It's all centralized right there in D.C., and even though Fauci may be retiring, he's going to have a busy retirement because he's not going to be able to lounge on the beach somewhere here in Florida. I hope to God he doesn't come here, but he's going to be rather busy and he's already been forewarned by Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, and others of the Republican leadership. And let's not forget his art, Fauci's arch nemesis, Senator Dr. Rand Paul. <laughs> it's going to be a hoot, folks. It's going to be a hoot. But the fact that you're having the federal government telling the media about policing COVID dissent? I'm sorry, but who the hell is doing this? I mean, the media, the corporate media is bad enough. 
and anybody on social media who come like eventually the big three you've got Instagram you got Facebook you got Twitter and yes it's going to be nuts it's bad enough I mean even people like Dr. Robert Malone who I met at CPAC in Texas very nice guy brilliant brilliant man even Twitter got stupid enough to kick him off and then he goes over to Getter and other free speech platforms and he just takes off like a rocket so yes so what the heck is this now under and, and this, I'll, I'll just read this because it's from yesterday under pressure from federal officials and mainstream media to apply a rigid lens to ever-evolving scientific research big tech companies are flailing in their efforts to treat contested claims consistently essentially the fact checkers can't keep up and when somebody when a doctor I mean Robert Dr. Robert Malone was the man who invented the mRNA technology for vaccines this is a guy who knows <laughs> about the who knows intimately about the very type of vaccines that they're using for these for all intents and purposes worthless vaccines so the fact that they're actually having you know the go I mean it, it's not a surprise when the government is essentially telling the mainstream media and big tech to censor things so on and so on and so on it's not a surprise I mean you've got to remember the government and the media have an incestuous relationship it's really creepy it's really weird but freedom of the press has really become nothing short of a joke in the modern era so that really just kind of ticked me off I'm just going WTF folks what's the deal I mean we've got you know this and that this and that this variant that variant well we got to have a vaccine for this and you have to be quadruple boosted and people were still getting it namely Dr. Jill Biden re most recently her husband Joe got it twice he got, and so and she got it twice and in spite of all these vaccines and all the masking and all the boosting you still got it now granted it may not be as virulent as the early days but still this is stupid it is absolutely stupid even in the free state of Florida there are some not all but some hospitals and clinics that are still slavishly devoted to the nonsensical idea of you gotta wear you gotta wear a mask and they give you these paper face diapers that are stupid I hated wearing it I still hate them I mean I just was simply going to get an x-ray but yet they made well you have to wear the mask inside the hospital I said you might have to because you work for them I don't work for the hospital but it's still kind of crazy and yet there are still folks who are slavishly sad and pathetically devoted to some type of hero worship of <laughs> of Dr. Fauci and all of this stuff and it's pretty sad I mean it was sad even more so 
now as it was maybe back in the early days. And I'm just going, I mean, the man's already a narcissist. He is a sociopath. He just, you know, with him, it's how do I love me? Let me count the ways. So, yeah, whatever he's going to do, uh, I wouldn't be so quick, again, Dr. Fauci, to take some sort of either teaching job or work for a pharmaceutical firm or whatever because you're going to be busy, buddy. You are going to be busy, and you know you're going to be busy, and you're going to be called to testify. You will be subpoenaed, and, well, good luck. That's all I, well, I mean, I wouldn't say good luck, but I would tell the Republicans good hunting because this dude needs to be held to account and so and if no if for no other reason all those dead beagles all the dead beagles that you might not have done the killing yourself but you gave the green lights for somebody to do it and you provided them money so yeah I'm I'm not liking that at all uh, but we're gonna see in January because it's gonna get real interesting it's going to get very interesting, and I'm going to enjoy spending days just watching all this. And I hope to God the hearings get broadcast publicly, but I'll find it None, nevertheless. Fear not, friends. But one, I think one last thing today on WTF Friday. Oh, mercy. Speaking of Judicial Watch, again, I told you they were busy people. They are busy. They're working on the whole uh, search warrant affidavit. But also, on Tuesday, this week, Fox News reporting, Judicial Watch files lawsuit against Minneapolis public schools over race-based layoff policy. Now, the Minneapolis school district was on strike uh, recently. And now, they came up with a brand new collective bargaining agreement. But the contract goes, I mean, it's, it's, it's twisted. It's like the Twilight Zone. Their collective bargaining agreement says that white teachers are to be fired first in the event of any type of layoff, regardless of their seniority. I'm like, what? Are you freaking serious? Yes, I mean, even in the, I mean, the contract, even some of the language in it, and I want to find, I want to find this. There we go. Now, the in a summary of the Minneapolis Teachers Union Agreement, this language gives us the ability to identify and address issues that contribute to disproportionately high turnover of educators of color. O-M-G. Seriously? Oh, my, my, my. And I love this. Uh, and I want to play this whole thing because it's going to be fun. Now, Leo Terrell 2.0 was on Fox and Friends and he was interviewed by Steve Ducey over this really stupid, stupid racist collective bargaining agreement. 
Uh, and I want to play the things that I want to play a bit of this interview. So it's about three minutes. So hang tight, everybody. Terrell is here to react. Leo, I I was reading about this, and it said essentially white teachers would be laid off first under this contract, uh, regardless of seniority. Does that seem fair? No, and it makes no sense. Steve, let me be very clear. Skin color has nothing to do with qualifications. Nothing at all. This is one of these equitable decisions, which is a code for race-based decisions. I have been, I was a teacher for seven years. I never, I never had a parent or a student say, I want a black teacher. I want a white teacher. They want a skilled, experienced teacher. A good teacher. And this is nothing more than a race game. According to the union, what they're trying to do is they're trying to protect underrepresented, uh, underrepresented uh, populations and, and members of the teaching community. That is a lie. Uh, let me be very clear, and let's not forget the law. It's unconstitutional, it's discriminatory, it's affirmative action, which is illegal, and it's racist. Steve, besides being a school teacher, I was a civil rights attorney. My whole goal as a civil rights attorney is to eliminate the game of playing the race card. Right. And what you have here is people out in the open playing the race card. And I'd like to see some data that says a kid learns better if they have a teacher that looks like them. They need experienced and qualified teachers, period. So you, you were very clear. You just said this was discrimination, clearly. Uh, yes. So that means that, I, I would imagine, this particular new rule for the Minneapolis School Teachers Union is going to be challenged in court. It's going to go be challenged in court, and it's, I'm going to be very clear, it's going to go down in flames. Because you can't, it's based on race, violation of the Equal Protection, 14th Amendment. I can do this, I can litigate this case in my sleep. I, I feel like going to Minneapolis and suing on behalf of those teachers who are being denied a job based on skin color. It is strictly illegal. End of story. Well, just imagine if you were a teacher, uh, regardless of your race, who had been in that school district for 20, 30 years. It's like, yeah, what's next? What's next is... This is a game. This is the extreme left, Steve. You know, critical race theory, uh, decisions based on skin color. When you hear the term equity, that is a code for race-based decision. And if you were a, a teacher who's not black or a minority, you are being discriminated against, and your recourse is the courthouse, and you're going to win. Well, when we saw this story this morning, we knew you would be the expert to talk about it, and you didn't let us down. Woo! Wow. Now, Leo Terrell is a fascinating man. He was a dyed-in-the-wool, lifelong Democrat. And just a few years ago, when Donald Trump ran, somehow he had like a Damascus Road moment. He not only, and he, he is black, he is a civil rights attorney, he lives in Los Angeles, and in the interview, he said he was a public school teacher. Oh, my, 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 my. And now he's coming out in going against this? I mean, as a civil rights attorney himself? I mean, I'm listening. I mean, there were times I would see him years ago in an interview. He was angry. He was mean. He was, in some cases, downright rude. 
But now something happens ever since he became a Trump supporter. And I can guarantee you, Leo Terrell probably caught 50 shades of hell and a whole lot of incoming from black liberals who thought he had completely lost his damn mind. I know this because I had the same problem, even within my own family. They thought I was crazy when I embraced conservatism. Now the, now, the person who backed me up the most, but who probably disagrees with me the most, is my own mother. <laughs> An amazing lady, because when the queen speaks, everybody dang well better get in line and listen. And I loved her for that. It, I was amazed, but I absolutely loved her for that. She was a, she's an amazing lady and a strong woman because she was the one who taught me to think for myself, speak for myself, stand up for myself, and no problems, and, and to be a fighter. Because that's, considering the things that my mom has gone through in her life, she is one tough lady and she is not to be messed with because she is a force to be reckoned with, and I'm very blessed to have had that. I am very blessed. So, wow, this is going to be fun to watch, but it's also kind of sad that now we've gone back in time. We've got affirmative action in reverse. It's the, it's the new civil rights movement in 2022. That is insane. But, given it's the left, why should it shock you folks? And especially with a new school year starting, uh, we've got we got it starting in Florida. Many of them are going to be starting after Labor Day. So yeah, this is going to be us. This is going to be a big time hoot and a scream. And I will keep you up to date on this story because it's a story that needs to be told. So my friends, I'm going to call it a day. Thank you for listening on this WTF Friday. Have yourself a terrific weekend. Again, check us out on inblackandright.net or send an email inblackandright at gmail.com so take care everybody god bless and remember patriots come in all colors <laughs>